What's going on, everyone? I hope everyone is having a great Tuesday morning, and welcome to WSUM 91.7 FM Student Radio. Today, I'm here to run it back with Quint Leal once again to discuss the hottest topics going on around the NBA post-All-Star Weekend. Quint, how are you doing on this fine morning? I'm doing great. You know, love love getting up this early, you know, just talk ball. It's going to be a good show. Yeah, besides the fact that Madison is virtually an ice skating rink today, um, I think today's going to be a pretty good day. So... I want to talk about the dunk contest because it was pretty abysmal this year. I saw the memes of Shaq and all the other legends, you know, watching it. And Kareem also walked out on it, which is pretty, pretty sad. Um, so what are your thoughts on the dunk contest and yeah. stuff the NBA could do to make it better? A few things. Yeah, I'm definitely thinking about the format. I don't feel like there's too many incentives for NBA players to really compete for, you know, dunks there. I think it's also about brand management. Like you, as like an NBA star, you don't want to go there and just like mess up dunks. Like you saw what happened to Jalen Green; he took like seven, <laughs> seven attempts, uh, and like didn't like I don't know. He just he didn't have a good dunk at the end of it, and the crowd got impatient. Really, just kind of lowered his stock. Among you know, a lot of people kind of <laughs> lost a little bit of respect for him there. It was a tough look. But imagine if if you're doing that same thing as like a LeBron James or Russell Westbrook, and like what like a you know, a dunk contest, it's a fun event, could mean to your legacy. It's not really worth it to these stars. So I wonder if there could be in financial incentives to motivate them to try. And that would be fun because I'd love to see, like, the top dunkers, like, you know, John ja Morant, like, Westbrook, uh, De'Aaron Fox. I'd love to see that sort of thing. Like, Obi Toppin, I love the guy. New Yorker, you know, I'm a Knicks fan. Um, not really by choice, just kind of happened. But, um, yeah, Obi Toppin. Uh, won it, but I'd love to see some more stars there. Absolutely. Uh, I saw a tweet that Skip Bayless sent out saying, after Blake Griffin jumped over a car, it got pretty hard to creatively top that. And I think that quote perfectly explains why the dunk contest isn't as entertaining anymore. Because back in the 80s, like you just had to do cool dunks. You didn't have to be super creative about it. For example, MJ's most iconic dunk is him jumping from the free throw line, which is amazing and super hard to do but you don't really have to plan for that. Since we've been doing it for so many years, I feel like people have just been running out of ideas. Therefore, star players don't want to do the dunk contest because like you said, if you botch it, it looks embarrassing and it hurts your brand and they have to prepare weeks in advance for it just to waste their time. And since people are trying to do all these crazy dunks, they can't get it on the first or second attempt, just like Jalen Green, who was like striking out on like five or six of them. And this ultimately leads to the viewer to being uninterested in the event. So, like you said, if the league could somehow incentivize the best dunkers in the league, such as Jaws, Zach Levine, Anthony Edwards, etc., to do the contest, I think they could definitely bounce back after this year's tragic performance. Right, right, yeah. There's just, like, too many gimmicks out there, like, from Nate Robinson, you know. Uh, just, like, being a little guy who can dunk is pretty cool, him and Spud Webb. And, like, to Dwight Howard dunking on a 12-foot hoop, where you know, changing into a Superman cape and all this, like, theatrics about it. It's, like... You can't really take players that seriously. So it's a lot of the times it's like guys who are trying to make a name for themselves and they make the name through the dunk contest. Where it just had happened to work with Zach Levine and Aaron Gordon, which at the time, 2016, we, we, we took for granted how good of a dunk contest that was. That was arguably the was. greatest dunk contest of all time, I 100%. Think. I'm on board with you there. Yeah, it's it was tough to see, but I think the NBA All-Star game really made up for it because that was an unbelievable game. Steph Curry's not human. I mean, 16 threes. I mean, obviously there was no defense, but, like, it's unbelievable. 
yeah. how special that guy is. He's, 16 threes. Yeah. That's I mean, nutty. I think literally, like, he's, he's a once-in-a-generation type of talent. I mean, he changed the game of basketball. Exactly, and he did it on the on in one of the NBA's uh, highest stages too. And uh, you know, and there was the top seventy-five players were all there to witness it. Um, and he just put on display. It was funny because like all the Cleveland fans were booing him early on when they were announcing him because obviously he took a he won a few titles there against them. Um, and then he just drops fifty in their in their house. That was nice to see. I mean, there's got to be something in that Akron water. I mean, him and LeBron were born in the same hospital. Something special going yeah. on over there. But since you mentioned the NBA 75 list, it was really cool seeing, like, MJ interact with LeBron and, like, interact with Magic, saying, like, put the shoes on, let's play one-on-one. And he was, like, dead serious about it. Uh, <laughs> gave me flashbacks to the last dance. So yeah. I got to ask you, who are some snubs from the 75 list? So I, I'm, I can give my snubs straight up. It's pretty obvious, like Kyrie, Dwight, T-Mac. And I'd, I'd go as far to say Draymond Green. Clay Thompson, those are other guys. But I, I want to say this about the top 75 list. I think people want us to think of it as the, the 75 best players in NBA history, um, the greatest, most valuable players, right? But in reality, how it is actually picked is it's the 75 most influential players. And the NBA doesn't want to have a guy like Kyrie who has quote-unquote off-court issues and a guy like Dwight Howard who has the same off-court issues representing and influencing the game. So that's why they were snubbed. And the reason why Draymond Green is snubbed is because their inability to recognize, like, great defense is just, like, that's a, that's a fan issue. It's not really anything more than that. Um, T-Mac just didn't have the longevity. Like, I do these advanced analytics to see actually how good players are. And T-Mac in 2003 had one of the top ten offensive seasons of the last 40 years. Better than any single, like, Kobe Bryant season by the numbers. But it just was short-lived playing in a, on a small market team without much help. So many people forget about it, and that's why he's not on the top 75. I really feel like um, I, I, I just can't take the list seriously. Like, there's so many guys that just, like, you, you, I don't know, they wouldn't be able to dribble in the, today's game. Yeah, I know. And I think that's a really good point that you brought up, like, 75 most influential players because these are the guys that are, like, setting the standard for what it means to be professional on and off the court. And I think another guy that was snubbed was Tony Parker. I think Pau Gasol was snubbed. Right. I think Vince Carter was snubbed. And honestly, I think Chris Bosh was snubbed because I don't right, think they hit those man. two championships without CV being there. Yeah. He had the most important rebound in Miami Heat history. Exactly. He that right was the, b- by the numbers, that, um, they, uh, the Miami team, you know, the Miami teams, they had the biggest big threes of like all time. I think there's some, like some number out there. I, I um, basically found out the point share of every single big three. And um, in, I think it was 2011, uh, Bosch, Wade, and LeBron combined for 72% of their team's points. That's higher than any other playoff team of all time. Like, they were just so dominant. And Bosch was an integral part of that. So he, he deserves a nod. Just like Draymond, the same sort of kind of category of player. Yeah, yeah, I mean, you need that third guy to win a championship, just like Dennis Rodman with Chicago and right. the thing is like I saw a picture of like all the great point guards like you had Oscar Robertson, Sean Stockton, GP, Isaiah Thomas, Steph Curry and as much as I love Damian Lillard like that's my guy <laughs> it just he did not fit into that picture man it was just so it was just so awkward to see him there and I understand like he with like the logo three and him just being an absolute sniper from that distance like only him and Steph Curry really are in that conversation there's just other guys that deserve the spot over him, and Kyrie's one of those point guards, and I think Tony Parker's one of those point guards as well. 
Yeah, I'm with you on that. You couldn't have said it any better. Yeah, I mean, obviously the list was really solid overall, and they did the best job they could, but A. Disney and Dame shouldn't have been. <laughs> a. Disney, oh no. Yeah, and, but <laughs> recently, I mean, there was a huge blockbuster trade, Simmons for Harden, so what are your thoughts on this trade? Oh, this is just like, this is so exciting. This is really going to change the landscape of the East for the long run. And right now, because the East is completely up for grabs. The top five seeds are within, like, two games of each other. And the Nets have obviously fallen behind just because they've had a lot of issues. But I think Ben Simmons, he fixes so much of what they were missing. So here's my kind of, like, dream lineup for the Nets with Simmons is he should be playing as the five. And what they, what can, what they can do with the Simmons, Simmons at five is they can play him as a point big who um, – what, what what Simmons' strengths is, he's an amazing defender, uh, adds defensive switchability, right? But he's also one of the most athletic humans to ever grace a basketball court. And what he can do is he can initiate off he, – he initiates offense so quickly. I think they could take elements from um, Coach Nash's Phoenix Suns and run a seven-second offense where they push the ball of Simmons, and he finds what, like some of the best shooters in the world, Kevin Durant, Seth Curry, Kyrie Irving – and then they just got to find their their uh, their number four. I don't know if that would be like Bruce Bowen because he no, – not Bruce Bowen, Bruce it Brown. Could be Bruce, it could be Bruce Bowen. I mean, he's a – not I mean, Bruce Brown, Bruce Brown, not Bruce Bowen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bruce Bowen yeah, is one of the greatest time. defenders of all time. Bruce Brown's a great defender too, but – Because I don't think they could run Claxton at the five. Like, so the issue uh, with Philly was that Simmons, according to J.J. Redick, a former teammate of Simmons and Embiid, um, the issues that were created in the playoffs for the Sixers – was that Simmons couldn't play his his regular position as a five man in the half in half court sets while Joel Embiid was there, so um, him leaving and playing the five somewhere else would be a perfect fit because Simmons is just like physically dominant and if he's matched up against smaller guards he's gonna post them up he's developing a, a post hook at this point, um, but most of his damage is gonna be in transition which would make the Nets offense absolutely lethal and on the Sixers side of it. Um, the pick and roll between James Harden and Joel Embiid, I don't know how you're going to stop that. It's like pick your poison, and you know they're going to get so many three throws. It's it's scary. Yeah, and I totally agree with your takes, especially with the Simmons and the small ball situation, kind of like the Suns did back in 0405 with Stoudemire and Nash and Sean Marion, Quentin Richardson, Joe Johnson. Truthfully, I think both teams won this trade. The Nets got some much-needed depth by getting Seth Curry and Drummond, well, the Sixers got one of the best scores in the game who will perfectly pair up with Embiid, who's arguably the most dominant player in our game right now, definitely the front runner for this year's MVP. Ben desperately needed a new situation, yeah. and hopefully he could flourish similarly to how Markel Fultz did in Orlando before tearing his ACL, because Fultz was actually having a solid year. The Nets are one of the worst defensive teams in the league right now, and they just acquired arguably the most versatile defender in the league. Second in defensive player of the year of voting exactly. uh, a year back. Exactly. Great. And a guy who could push in transition and make life easy for Kyrie and KD. So I think I'm really excited for Ben Simmons. I want to give him another chance, and hopefully Durant and Kyrie can give him that confidence for him to shoot a 10- to 15-footer, like pull-up jumper. He doesn't he need to. He doesn't need to because he, need to, he can't. He, he's not going to space the floor that way. To be honest, like uh, what I, one thing I find interesting about this lineup is they have like an all Aussie backcourt. They have Kyrie, who's officially yeah. technically born in Australia, Patty Mills, and Ben Simmons. And another thing about the three, uh, the big three, these are guys that have all been bashed by the media just for different reasons. You know, 
KD, the super team, Kyrie is like d- destroying teams, you know, not good for they chemistry. They got a chip on their shoulder. Yeah, they all got a chip on their shoulder. And they're going to welcome Ben and be able to be like, hey, we've all been through this. So we're going to prove them wrong. This is the revenge tour. And I'm excited to see it. And it's going to be competitive. I know the East is getting tough. And that hurts me just because as a Bulls fan, we've been injury riddled, but DeRozan's been having a MVP type of year. But this hurts us because now the Nets got better. The Sixers got better. Miami's looking tough. And... Milwaukee's going to be tough as well. So I don't know what's going to go on with the Bulls, but hopefully we can make somewhat of a run, especially when we get Caruso and Lonzo back. Yeah, I was thinking that same thing. Oh, yeah. I want to mention one thing before we head to the next topic is that there's one move that really stuck out to me. Adding Karis LeVert to the Cavs is really going to change them. They're they're one of the sleepers in the playoffs that we'll discuss in a bit. Yeah, uh, it's a perfect transition. So one of my dark horses in the East – or actually the dark horse in the East for me is the Cleveland Cavaliers. They have two All-Stars and are loaded with depth, and they just got Karis LeVert for basically nothing. I mean, they didn't really have to give up much to get him. And plus, Sexton might make a comeback, which will only make them scarier. This team is super fun to watch, and it's good to see them finally bounce back after LeBron left them. Yeah, they've got depth, youth, and just like everybody's committed on board to winning. Jared Allen is... He's quietly becoming one of the best centers in the league. I think he's on the borderline for a top five big man in the league. And I don't know how they're doing it, but the Cavs are making like a well, – it's almost like an all-big lineup. They got like yeah. three seven-footers. So they're making that like a viable thing in the NBA. I know, it's From crazy. From small-ball Warriors to big-ball Cavs, like yeah. it's amazing what can happen. Yeah, they've done a really solid job. And um, in the West, obviously, it's been pretty competitive. But I have to say my dark horse is the Clippers. They were absolutely robbed by the Blazers by getting Powell, who's a great spark plug off the bench, and Rocco, who's a solid 3 and D guy. If Kawhi and PG come back, it's about to be scary for the rest of the league, I think. Yeah, Clippers are really slept on. Um, Speaking of that sort of injury bug and the comeback sort of narrative there, um, I'd see the Nuggets as a big sleeper because Jokic is arguably the MVP. He's just putting up amazing numbers and finding it a way to make Monte Morris like look like an All Star. He just he he's so great at finding at finding people making the right plays. He can play with anybody. And the the Nuggets, I believe, they're like the sixth seed. They're moving up. If they were to get Jamal Murray um, back into the lineup. And like get him, you know, up to speed heading into playoffs. That could be a huge move for them, and I w- I wouldn't be surprised if they make a run for it. Where are the Nuggets currently sitting at? I think they're at the sixth sixth seed in the West. I think if they get Jamal Murray back, they could definitely be um, a low seed that could go far for sure. Especially with the type of year that um, Jokic is having. I mean, he's really keeping that team afloat because they've just been absolutely destroyed with injuries this year. Yeah, yeah, they lost Michael Porter too. Who honestly, like, I, I saw him as one of the. A lot of people disagreed with his contract, and they're like, "Oh, it's too, it's too weighty." Um, but his shooting ability and paired with Jokic was just perfect. It just injury bug caught him at the wrong time, and uh, he's getting surgery and whatnot, so he'll be back. I think next year is really viable for the Nuggets to make a championship push. This year, they're a dark horse. Yeah, they're definitely a dark horse for sure. I think. In the West right now, it's really going to come down to the Suns and the Warriors, I think. Ooh, ooh, almost forgot. The Grizzlies. The Grizzlies, they're too. There. They're, they're right there. They're right in it, too. I ja, think. Steven Adams, Desmond Bain. They have such a such a deep team. Um, and they're so like they're such a two-way team as well. They seem to be closing out all these big games. And John Morant is fearless driving to the bucket. He's averaging like 18 points per game in the paint. Yeah. He's a the beast. most of like 
any point guard and <laughs> since the stats been tracked it's something i've never seen before like whenever i tune into jaws becoming one of the most entertaining players in the game and he could do it on a small market scale. Like I can only imagine what's going to happen years from now. Who knows what it'll be? Yeah, I totally agree. I think the Grizzlies can make a run. I just think they're such a young team. And you, when you go up a team, when you go up against a team like Golden State or Phoenix, who's just just loaded with experience, and the coaches have been through a lot too, especially with Monty Williams and Steve Kerr. I don't really see them beating those two teams in a seven game series. I agree with you there. I agree with you there. Yeah, I think in the West, it's going to come down to Phoenix and Golden State. And I think that's going to be an unbelievable yeah. seven-game series. Hopefully, that'll be the Western Conference Finals. Because the Lakers, I'm, I'm, I'm done with the Lakers, man. <laughs> the they're, Lakers, they're, they're, they're La a dumpster fire. I just laugh whenever like whenever I watch them play. Like They're always like, almost every single one of the, their games goes down to the wire. And they're always playing these like small market teams and just like, get the benefit of the doubt and like somehow squeeze past it but like they just can't keep doing that now that they're gonna face I think they're facing like um top four seeds like six games in a row at, at one stretch towards the end of the season it's gonna be tough also without Anthony Davis too who got oh. injured again oh man it's it's hard to watch because he's literally uh, he is one of the league's greatest talents when healthy like in the 2020 playoffs one of the best players I've ever seen but he just like it's it's the injury bug. It's like a T-Max sort of career, but as a big man, it's, it's really tough to watch. Yeah, it really is tough to watch because if the Lakers have any chance of doing any damage in the playoffs, they need that guy because when he's healthy, he's arguably one of the best two-way players in our game. Yeah, I think we should... I want to I want to talk about the Eastern Conference playoff bracket, like what we're expecting, because I, I really do feel like it's up for grabs. Like the I Bucks, definitely think it's up for grabs. The Bucks too. are the defending champions. They've got like a really good core around Giannis and their big three. Drew Holiday is an absolute sleeper pick. He's one of the best defensive uh, guards in the league. I think Kevin Durant mentioned that, like on another like JJ's. Yeah, on JJ's. Pod. Yeah, yeah. There's always yeah. gems over there. there There's is, always man. gems over yeah, there. Yeah, every time. But yeah, the Bucks. The Bucks are looking great. Um, they still. They just have this level of depth and experience now that they've been through it. Um, there's a lot of pressure to you know come back and prove prove um, the world wrong that it wasn't just like injuries that led to you know finals appearance and that they're they're the real deal. I think they're they're gonna make an effort for it. Bulls are up there too. Yeah, um, they're I tied think, for first with Miami right now. Yeah, this this next second half of the season is going to prove to be really entertaining because the, I know the Nets are going to make a big push for yeah, it. Yeah, because they're in the 8th seed right now, yeah. but they're I mean, when they get healthy, man. Yeah. If I'm like a 1 or 2 seed, if, yeah. well, I mean, they're going to win games obviously, but it, I think they're going to end up being a lower seed and they're also going to have they won't have home court advantage, which helps them because Kyrie will be able to play. Yeah, imagine the Nets in the in the playing game. I I hope that doesn't happen. I I feel like it won't, but they'll probably be good. I was thinking about another injury. Like I think Draymond Green being out has really kind of changed like the Warriors' season. Warriors are still a great team. I feel like um, recently they've kind of had like uh, some close stretches, but uh, that's largely because Draymond Green is Draymond Green. I feel like is the key to Steph Curry's success. That's what yeah, I've like, I started to realize. I agree. You know, because he just has all these triple handoffs that like he finds Curry at the right time. So I think when Draymond comes back, we're gonna see the Splash Bros of old, and it's gonna be some 2016 nostalgia, but boosted. Like that's that's what I'm ready for. Yeah, I mean, they're it, like they're just one big hive mind. You know, with him, Clay, and Dre. Like it's just. I think they all have the same brain. It's like one person just controlling all. That's what I'm saying. Them, like, like they just know where they just know where they're at. Like they just know where they need to be. Know where they're where they're at. And also that 
with Draymond being out, I think one of Steph's most underrated abilities is off-ball movement. And when Dre is out of the lineup, there's not as much yeah. motion going on, and he, it's tough for him to kind of like get or, like get open shots. I agree. Sense. I swear. It's probably like Steve Curry probably just has like an Xbox controller yeah, on his right? clipboard. He's just getting them all involved. That's probably the the secret of the Warriors' offense. But yeah, right now Golden State is six and a half games back of Phoenix. Phoenix has just been on an absolute tear. Yeah, CP3 is. I would say he's a top. He's a top ten player. Like undisputed top 10 player in the NBA right now it's it's hard to see through the numbers because we see 15 points 10 assists I think said top 10 all time I oh, was like, oh. oh no we're not going like, there okay as a point guard yeah as a, guard, as a point guard absolutely absolutely but right 10. now his production levels offensively like based on like player value metrics he's like a top five offensive player and he's doing this at like what like year 36 he's he's yeah. kind of on the same sort of vibe as LeBron but uh, it's not really talked about because he's playing for the Suns. And, True. You know. And D-Book's also having an unbelievable year, and you could credit yeah. that to Chris Paul. And and Aiton. Aiton's, uh, Aiton's such a – he's like the perfect player to be around Chris Paul. Like there's, I agree. He's a great two-way star, and just like their pick and rolls are just – it's it's a pick your poison situation where CP3 is hitting fadeaways over like – in the finals he's hitting like uh, mid-range fadeaways over seven-foot Giannis. Like, I don't know. Or yeah. just throwing a lob perfectly to Aiton. Yeah. Dude, I mean, so. in the pick and roll – Chris Paul is one of the best to ever do it, and he's the best in our game, I think. And it's a center's dream. It's a big man's dream just to have Chris Paul as your point guard. He just knows where to find you. Yeah, this yeah, yeah this brings up uh, this brings me to the topic that uh, Draymond Green had mentioned on his podcast. There is a lot of talk about like, is Chris Paul a winner because he doesn't have a, an NBA championship? And that makes me like call into question like the idea of a winner in today's day and age in basketball because championships are won by teams not players although we may like to say oh Kobe Bryant won five rings no the Los Angeles Lakers won five rings with him and maybe Chris Paul you know hasn't won a ring yet but every single team he's been on he's made better and that was a central point that Draymond Green is uh, making and this is a guy Draymond Green who's won multiple championships and is just like a great overall team player who sees the game better than almost anybody Yeah, he's so gonna I, be a great analyst yeah I'm gonna he's take his word great. for it yeah Draymond Green is one of my favorite uh, analysts with J.J. Redick and Richard Jefferson. They're like, those are my big three. RJ is awesome. I love RJ's personality. Yeah. Can't match it. Yeah, I saw I saw him at the end of a game, how to get a flick of him. He's he's a great dude. But yeah, I totally agree with you. I know Chris Paul hasn't won championships, but he has all the individual accolades. And like you said, every team he's been on, he's made better. And this is in the twilight of his career. Like This guy goes to OKC. Not even supposed to make the playoffs. They're like they're projected like a twelfth or thirteenth seed. They end up being a four seed and they take the Rockets to seven. Yeah, they won like fifteen games this year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like it's unbelievable the impact this guy has on teams. He's the smartest man on the court because if you think about it, he's doing the passes that LeBron does, but he's like five eleven. Yeah, I understand that. Like, yeah, there's nobody like him. Like I know Allen Iverson's one of the best like short players of all time, yeah. but that's also a guy who just like he takes a lot of shots and scores a lot of points. But Chris Paul, every single one of his decisions is like a high efficiency decision that's adding to the value of the team and bringing you know bringing those wins as you just see in the win column. They're the best team in the NBA. It's not yeah, absolutely. And uh, today I want to finish off the pod by talk like drafting our best five man lineups in it. today's game. It. So who's your who's your go to five right now? Ooh, so. I would say, um, okay, so most people when they're picking lineups, like I've seen like ESPN has done this a few times, so they'll be like, oh yeah, we're going to pair Kobe and MJ and Curry, and like that's not how it should work because you can't just have like five guys that are averaging 30 points a game. It has to be a team that's going to have chemistry together. So taking players that are current, I definitely go with, I'd probably have 
Um, hmm, I want to. Okay, I want to include. Can I include Kawhi even though he's injured? Sure. Okay, bet. I'd probably go LeBron at the one, um, Steph at the two, Kawhi at the three, Giannis at the. F- mm, I think I'll go Giannis at the four. And then I'll go Jokic at the five. Just like the next level passing, moving okay. around screens. Actually, wait, no. I'm a sub. Sorry, Kawhi. I love Kawhi. I'm a swap KD there because now you have Jokic and LeBron passing the Curry yeah. and KD. I want to see. Damn. That's a crazy lineup. My lineup is probably going to be Steph Curry, obviously. Mm-hmm. KD, LeBron, Giannis, and Joel Embiid. Ooh, Team Joel. Yeah. Team Joel. I'm going Team Joel on this just because he's just a I dominant I see your loyalties. Force. I see it. Yeah, it's just a dominant force. I love Jokic, and I think he would fit really well into that offense. But I already got great passer in LeBron. And also you can put Curry in that situation too. I think with Giannis and Embiid running down the court together, it's it's pick your poison. But you oh, can't go wrong tough. with any of these lineups. They're tough, all going to yeah. be dominant. Yeah, it's, it's it would be amazing to see. This actually, uh, like, this makes me want to bring uh, tie back to what we were talking about with the All Star. Like, I love to see like a more competitive All Star game. I wonder if there's something the NBA could do to make it more competitive, like financial incentives, because like I I know everybody's worried about injury and they're trying to have fun. But just like those last like few minutes of the All Star game where they're actually trying, like that's what I'm waiting for the whole time. Yeah, I don't think that's ever gonna happen. <laughs> it, it's I a great. Dream. I can dream, man. Yeah, it's great in theory, but those, like you said, those last like five ten minutes, it's like when those when you see all like literally the best players in the planet just go at each other, it's a beautiful thing to watch. I mean, that's also what Kobe would have wanted too. So I'm glad the NBA has adapted the rules to kind of you know make it more competitive and not just like. A throwaway game if that makes sense yeah for sure for sure yeah so um i think that's what we that's all that we have for today thank you guys so much for uh tuning into this segment of the pod have a great rest of your tuesday morning stay safe out there it's, it's a cold world out there so make sure not to slip and slide any last comments quint oh no i'm good man but thanks for having me i appreciate it man of it's course um have a great rest of your day you guys